0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, and thanks for joining us today. This is Kim Hopkins. I'm standing in for Dr. Ross Green, who can't be with us today. It's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We do this podcast the first Tuesday of every month, September through May, at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. On this podcast, we do our best to help you with your child who's exhibiting concerning behavior, and help you figure out what's going on, figure some things out that are hopefully going to work. Our call-in number is 347-994-2981. Pretty sure you need to press 1 if you want to ask us a question live on the air. I'm hopefully going to be joined by um, Jennifer, who is our social media Specialist. Um, she is not on yet at the moment, but hopefully that she'll be on with us shortly. Um, as always, callers take precedent, uh, precedence on our show, but we don't have um, we don't have anybody called in yet. And I'm getting a note from Jennifer that says that she is unable to get on the show. So. Um, always tends to be technical issues when I take over for Dr. Green. I'm not sure what that's about, but we um, will press forward anyhow. So since we don't have any callers, we're going to go over to reading some emails, catching up some of those because we have quite a few that we haven't got to for some time. I apologize to folks for that. Um, okay, so this email comes from a mother who says, "Um, my daughter is six. Six, she is diagnosed autistic. She matches the explosive child description, but she doesn't have the language or the understanding to collaborate with me. She has the understanding of more of a three- or four-year-old language-wise, so she needs short, simple sentences. One of her poorest skills is reciprocal conversation as is common in autism. She talks at you rather than to you and has little interest in your response unless it's specifically to her niche or game. How do you collaborate and come up with a solution with a child who can't recognize or verbalize or converse in a way that is any use? Thank you. Um, And then she talks about that she's feeling pretty desperate. So, mom we're with you on that um certainly um hear your desperation in your email and thank you for for sending your questions in you know um i often like to think about how this model really relies on where the parent is coming from and the parent's lenses or the adult if you're not not a parent but the adult in the situation right and the adult's lenses and where you're starting from with your lenses, it relies less on the skills the child has for contributing to the conversation in a meaningful way. Um, Because the model does not have to be done verbally. It does not have to be a traditional conversation. We tend to teach it that way because language through words tends to be what many of us adults are most comfortable with and tends to be the easiest form of communication for us helpers to be able to gather the information that we need to be the best helpers that we can possibly be. So um, with that being said, you know, it is also a great model for teaching and modeling and giving lots of skills, practice with communication. But again, it doesn't have to be in words. It can be signs, can be pictures, whatever way she communicates best. So the first thing I really want to be clear about is her ability to verbalize or converse in a more traditional way is not actually predictive of how well the model can be helpful for you all. Um, It will need to be adjusted for sure and the biggest piece and this is not just coming from my own thoughts the the biggest piece that adults tell us in what um, helps them to change their relationships with children to get um, things moving in a better direction with children to extinguish behavior and get things going better right, is that the adults have their lenses on right. What do I mean by that? Um, their kids do well if they can lenses versus kids do well if they wanna lenses. And a lot of the ways that we're taught to parents, and frankly, a lot of the ways we're taught to educate, a lot of the ways those of us who are clinicians are taught to treat children um, come from kids do well if they wanna lenses, meaning that if, They want to do well, they'll do well. And if they don't want to do well, they're not going to do well. And when our lenses are viewing behavior through kids do well if they want to, the only intervention that is in our bag of tricks, so to speak, is to make them want to. That that's what the belief is, that if she's not doing well because she doesn't want to do well, we need to make her want to do well. And that's, of course, when we reach for things like, rewards and punishments, carrots and sticks, right, that we reward the behaviors we like, we punish the behaviors we don't like, and we hope for the best, right? Now, if you're listening to us today, you likely have tried a fair amount of that and um, are coming to the conclusion that that is probably not as helpful, as um, maybe it was for another child that you have or you know of or or that you read about in in a book or saw on TV, right? Um, Because a lot of the ways we're taught to parent and educate and provide services to kids comes from Kids Do Well If They Want Us. So the biggest shift is to Kids Do Well If They Can, that if she's not doing well, something is getting in her way. We as the adult helpers need to figure out what is getting in her way. It all starts with the ALSIP, as we like to say. The ALSIP helps us figure out um, and answer the important questions of, you know, why does she exhibit challenging behavior in certain circumstances? And when are those circumstances? When does that occur, right? The why and the when, the two biggest questions that we need to answer for her. Um, And then, you know, back to this mother's question about, well, how do you start problem solving once you figure that all out, right? Um, You know, You can do a few different things. You know, you can um, use pictures if you think her. You you can represent her potential concerns, some guesses you have, in pictures and see if she'll point. Um, If that won't work, um, you can try language and see if she'll do a thumbs up, thumbs down, or you know, point to the pink elephant if this sounds right. Point to the yellow giraffe if it sounds wrong. Um, You can make a game of it. You know, you can get pretty creative to get information. Uh, and sometimes, though, you might be left with just simply needing to kind of read her nonverbal cues as information. And I always think about when my son, who just turned six yesterday, I can't believe it, um, when he was younger and he didn't have great language, and that's all I could rely on was reading his nonverbal cues. You know, um, in the heat of the moment, he'd stop crying if I got it right. That was a nonverbal cue, right? He wasn't participating in conversations and yet I was very actively applying the model because I was always thinking he'd do well if he could. Something's getting in his way. What could be getting in his way? And then I'd have to take some educated guesses <laughs> because he didn't have uh, a way to communicate, right? And his feedback would be of the nonverbal variety, but that's really important feedback, right? Um, So that's kind of how I would think about this mom's uh, email. We do have two callers. I'm wondering if one of them is Jennifer. Uh, One of the phone numbers is very strange, but I'm going to see who it is. So let's see here. It says area code 111. You're live on the air. Do you have a question for us today? Apparently, was not it was a strange number to begin with, and now is no one is there. Okay, let's try this. Area code four four seven. Uh, Hello and good me? morning. Yes.
0: Oh, good. Welcome. Do you have a I wasn't for sure us if today? I was the strange number. No. Um, <laughs> yes, I do. I have a question, but um, <laughs> before I get to the question, it was more. Um, I just had a sort of a comment to make that. Uh, because I've been trying this model or um, seeking to employ this model at home for about two and a half years now. Um, and it was only recently that I realized why as much as I have spent time reading comments on the B team and listening to these podcasts, I still didn't really seem to have got that far with it as compared to other people. Um, and I'm only saying this because I hope that other people, it rings true for other people as well or maybe rings a bell for them because um, I realized that actually... Um, My own lagging skills that I've learned about through receiving a diagnosis, um, which arose from um, learning to understand what was going on with my son was also going on with me, um, has made me realize that I've got these lagging skills that were getting in the way myself. So uh, poor working memory meant that I'd often forget many of the steps in the heat of the moment um, and uh, had a tendency to not want to... uh, sit down and do something that would take a long time. For example, the ulf up um, and emotional regulation was an issue. So although I don't really have a tendency to anger, I can get flooded in the moment very easily. And so that obviously clouds um, executive function when you most need it. Um, and yeah, so I just say that because that's just a sort of an epiphany that I've had lately in the last couple of weeks. And that actually it just sort of flags the importance for us all to stop a moment and see what's getting in the way for us and take the heat and the focus off what we normally do, which is you um, and focus on what's going wrong with the kids. I'm um, sorry. So that was just a bit of uh, context because it was what was in my head. But um, getting to the area that I'd like advice on, um, well, please. First, I've been... First, could I just comment? Oh, sorry. Yes, go ahead. Yes. So could I
1: just comment back on that part? Then you can certainly keep going. But yes. um, I just wanted to say I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, and, you know, sometimes I talk with people who think, you know, you turn 18 or you turn 24 and suddenly skills that you lacked as a kid are no longer lacking when that's not actually true. This is, a lot of us adults are walking around with skills deficits, right? And um, yes. I too, when I learned the model, this was before I was a parent, um, also realized, oh my goodness, I have lagging skills that get in the way of my daily functioning in addition to the ability for me it had to do with the ability to um, both brainstorm but also um, uh, move off an original idea um, and also deal Mm. with a change in plan there was a lot in that that was hard for me so that Mm. those step three was a little difficult at the beginning I also found that um, I'm not alone I have a partner even though my partner is a child I learned a lot from kids um, in helping me to get more flexible in my thinking for sure. So if you do notice that you have some like skills, it doesn't mean that you're kind of done. It just means, well, you've got something to learn along with your partner, and that's all okay. And maybe sometimes you'll get stuck and you need to ask for assistance, and yes. that's okay too. So um, I appreciate you bringing that up.
0: Yes, and one of the lagging skills, actually, I realized um, this is something I've really noticed in the pandemic, actually, is that you um, it's shone a light on those who are um, rule adherers um, and rule breakers mm. and I realize that by nature I'm a sort of a rule tweaker <laughs> um, and especially if there <laughs> can be a shortcut or if I you know some sort of easier route I will take it and um, it's been sort of humbling and slightly annoying to realize you can't do that with CPS and actually um, you, you really just have to stick to the model I know people say it all the time but I've come to learn that the hard way, <laughs> in the sort of hair and the tortoise <laughs> yes. pattern, unfortunately. Mm. Um, but, yeah, oh, so I, hear the, I hear that, I hear that. Do you? Okay, good. Okay. It's always nice to know you're not alone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the reason I'm calling in today, and um, I'm slightly self-conscious about not sounding articulate because I'm sleep-deprived, because we have been in the pit for a while, and um, that is causing me uh, some difficulties with sleeping. But anyway, hopefully I make sense and just stop me if I stop making sense. Uh, But in (laughs) September, my 11-year-old, he started in the UK, you finish primary school at 11 and then you start secondary school. um, That's in September 11, 12, and um, that goes through to 18. So middle school and high school are are one. Um, And I... I knew that it would be a challenging transition. You know, we've had the the pandemic, obviously, and a lot of time out of normal school. um, And he had been experiencing some anxiety already over the school holidays um, leading up to it. But um, I was very proud of him. He got really stuck in in the first week. And um, I've got a lovely smiling picture of him on his first day. uh, And (laughs) everything was going very well. Um, But unfortunately, in our country, with the large public, schools they've taken a massive step backwards in terms of their attitude to discipline it's all um, stickers and detentions and you know stickers for rewards and detentions for punishments Um, and for some reason with these brand new 11 year olds just coming in off the back of uh, what they've been uh, what they've gone through in the last couple of years they were very quick to start laying down and handing out detentions for organizations so he cut this long story short but essentially the second day of the second week he was given a 45-minute detention for not having his planner, which I had, in fact, taken out of his bag. Um, and he was told that he had to keep staring at the whiteboard, and if he would caught staring out the window, he would have to have the time starting again. And that was um, the beginning of a, a, a list of detentions that, in fact, he, was then not, he shouldn't have been given. One was supposed to have been for another kid entirely. One was given accidentally. Um, and uh, by the end of that week, he was getting so scared to go in, that he was locking himself in the bathroom. He thought he was just going to get in more and more trouble. And um, it was heartbreaking because this was a kid who, I mean, all mm. kids, I do believe, my lenses are on, but, you know, are trying as hard as they can. But he was trying as hard as I've ever seen him try. So um, that was upsetting. And then he had COVID, had to isolate for two weeks and refused to go back and have not gone back since. Um, and oh. so, although my lenses unfortunately slipped spectacularly to begin with, much as the little voice in my head was telling me to keep them on, the voice that was freaking out was louder. Um, but I, I have um, managed to get them back on in the meantime. Um, but it, it's been it's been messy because I have I've had him at home, as I've also been having to work full time. Um, my husband works oh, full time as a um he's a child attorney, so it's much harder for him to be at home um Yes, and so i've had to sort of give him to screens, and you know I, I recognize that I had to plan to do that in the moment because, as he said to me, I can't occupy myself without you um but um and so whilst I've had sort of a, cl- a clear general um old what I've found is that this, all, all the unsolved problems have started sprouting new unsolved problems rather than you know the uh, what you hope with Clancy is that actually they start to um things start to get better so uh, things have got better in that our trust is restored and well i wouldn't say it's restored but it's a lot better and was opening up to me um but it's worse because now he's not even really getting dressed eating at regular meal times we found him a new sweet um very expensive homeschooling provision he's not been able to attend in person we've been trying to get him to do zooms he's not doing that. Um, in the meantime, it's had quite a big effect um, just in the household. My husband's lenses have really fallen off. Can I just clarify really
1: one thing you just see, said? Yeah,
0: did, you, yes. did you say that you're trying a new school plan? Is that what I heard you say? Yes. Yes. I listened okay. to what he was saying, and I um, he was saying that he had been traumatized by his experience, and he couldn't go back. And I realized that the way it's set up, actually, this isn't – I mean, belatedly, they were trying to sort of discuss accommodations, I, um but I've realised that he won't ever be able to thrive in that environment, and that you know, let's, let's try and make something positive out of this, and use this experience to make sure we put him in a better provision at the beginning of his um, secondary school career, rather than you know, much later on when it will can fall apart in a more challenging way. Um, so yeah, so we've found a new provision I'm going to pause you for one second. Let me mm-hmm. just
1: pause you for one second, and I apologize. We've had a little technical no, issue, which again I always have. No, no, no. You hold on. What I'm going <laughs> to do is welcome Jennifer Tressaway, our <laughs> social media uh, expert extraordinaire and very <laughs> wise parent. So thank you. I'm so glad Jennifer, you could get in. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> be in time for this um uh, fantastic caller that we have who's sort of filling us in. I don't know if you were able to listen while you were trying to get in, but she was filling us in on how her child, um, she was really proud that he was trying school so well, but then school started doing lots and lots of plan A. Um, and then he um, had to quarantine and then refused to go back. And then they're both working, both parents are working. And so lenses flipped, but then they've come back a little, They've now have a new school plan, though he's having trouble engaging in that. And I think I summarised where we're at so far, caller. Mm-hmm. Did I? Yes. Okay, great. You did. So, so continue. Uh, and we're
0: getting to the we're Thank getting you. to the point of the the call or the, the, the part that I I'm really looking for help with because I'm I'm really um, slightly stuck now because it's, he's now missed a, a term of school with um, breaking up for the Christmas holidays. where well, he will be at the end of this week um and um and I was just saying at the beginning, um Jennifer, when he first stopped attending, he was at least happy to go outside every day and get dressed, and was sort of eating regularly um at meal times um, but all those things have now shipped as well, and so i I feel like I have sort of metastasizing unsolved problems rather than um reducing and so although I'm pleased mm-hmm. to note that my connection with him is definitely stronger. Um, the fact that things seem to be getting worse means that my husband's lenses have really spectacularly slipped and he now thinks that I'm a permissive parent and I'm damaging the child and that I've um, he's now I've sort of pathologized him and he's now adopted the language that I've given him whereas I see that as him you know advocating for himself and having some agency yeah it all just seems um, a bit unmanageable and I've got a bit suck and fill in the weeds. Oh. And so I just would really appreciate any sort of pointers to um, help me back to a, a clear path. Oh. Sure. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for calling. I have a couple thoughts and then Jennifer, I'll just say a few things and then you jump in and we'll sort of <laughs> ping pong on this if you want. Um, so to your last point um, where your husband saying you're you're permissive and, you know now he's twisting your words and things like that right um now now our son is Manip- your
0: manipulating words. yeah there
1: you go um mm-hmm. i to me i hear that as an expression of we're using plan c too much for my comfort level um, mm-hmm. and
0: and it's too much you know, from from my plan c level too, <laughs> there
1: you, there you go right so maybe it's sort of a regrouping around. Look, we did a lot of Plan C because we we were in survival mode, right? Um, yes. I heard you mention we you know we did more screens than we wanted to, right? So we're mm-hmm. we're doing we're doing Plan C because we're just trying to get through. You know, he's not going to school. Mm-hmm. We're both trying to work. There's all this happening, right? Um, so it could be time to kind of retake, restock, mm. you know, take stock. I'm uh, always messing my words here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> take stock of where you're at, revisit the LSIP, and figure out your priorities on there. Because yes. plan B, be, that's well, exactly where I'm at,
0: and that's where I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, I don't know to okay. hey, prioritize, great. getting outside or trying to get him <laughs> to attend some school or, you know, getting dressed. or
2: <laughs>
1: Right, right. Um, and just uh for our listeners, plan C, while super useful, is not the model, although it is helpful to use in concert with the model, but it is a temporary plan because you're not pursuing your expectations, but it is useful for mm-hmm. keeping things calm and making room um for work mm-hmm. to be done so you're stuck. I is have been focusing on plan B. We... Um,
0: yeah, I've been trying to plan B school, so I've been intentionally planting everything else within it just so that I could slowly, um, sorry that was, uh, slowly drill on, um, you know, what the issues were with school attendance and, you know, unclumping all of that as much as possible. But now it seems that maybe we have to park the school attendance and actually just focus on getting some structure back and plan being that. I don't know. Well,
1: (laughs) a food for thought here, and I'm not, I don't know enough detail to be able to weigh in on whether you should or shouldn't do that, but sometimes it's tempting when we're not getting as far as we'd like to get as quickly as we'd like to get on, on an unsolved problem, that sometimes our temptation is to park it and go for another one that's popping it up, right? Um, yeah. So I would just offer a little caution to, is that what's happening? Like you're not getting as far as you'd like to get with a school unsolved mm-hmm. problem? And yeah. you've got all these yeah. other so priorities that are competing?
0: We've hit a block. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. So what I might suggest is, to focus on and I'm not, you know, we we still have some time left here today. We don't have another caller yet, but also the B team is a great place to do that. But what, what wording are you using for your school related unsolved problem? and what did you learn from him so far? And maybe we could help you get on stuff with the actual plan being of a school unsolved problem. How does that
0: sound? Yes. Um, So that would be lovely. So, um, It's sort of gone from uh, going to school A to going to school B to um, attending um, Zoom classes to literally we will say, you know, we'll look at the timetable for the following day and see if there's a lesson that he likes. So, for example, that will be maths and he'll say, um, yeah, I I agree to do maths tomorrow. And then um, we will get closer to the time and then... He, uh, a block will come down and he can't do it and so I say you know I, I noticed that you had difficulty I probably don't put it quite in such well screen words but more or less I noticed you had difficulty um doing the math zoom today you know what was what was going on there and what will he say what Something what like has that. he said um and he will say things like I that um i I really wanted to do it, and I did. I meant to do it, but then you stressed me out, or um, my sister last night was so annoying that then I couldn't do it. And so uh, something will upset him, and then he will say, "Well, I'm definitely not going to do that class now." Um, mm-hmm. So, so it's things like that. And then there was other classes. So, for example, with writing, he would he did do one. He'd done one to him and then the late, the teacher at the end was asking to write ten lines and. He said that that gave me flashbacks, and he just left the Zoom and ran downstairs.
1: Okay, so let's stick with one subject to begin with, right? Yes. Although it sounds like you got some good information. Which one is which one you want to go with, math or writing? Well, Well, and and it would be difficulty attending. Yeah,
0: math would be the one that he would be most likely to be able to attend, so that would be a good one to do.
1: Okay, great. And that's a great way to prioritize, too. Like, what do we actually think we could get some movement on, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so, so far you learned that there are examples of things, and tell me if I'm wrong, that will upset him, even if it was the night before, that mm-hmm. he then says, I'm too I'm too
0: upset to concentrate or yes. to do it. Is that yes. accurate? Yes. And also he'll say, I'm and, too tired or, and I've got a headache and I slept badly. There's all sorts of... Things that come up like that as well. And and my okay. I mean, okay. anxiety is too bad.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. So we are getting some meaty information. Right. Um mm-hmm. I do wonder if you've tried, and maybe you have, but we have a drilling strategy called tabling. That when you are getting some concerns out on the table. That we basically say, let's pretend we took care of this. Would there be anything else getting in the way? So let's pretend that you had had enough sleep the night before. Would mm-hmm. there be anything else that would get in the way of attending the math, right? Um, mm-hmm. The anxiety piece definitely needs some drilling to understand that better. Um, would love to know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love that. And, of course, there's no magic here, but I love that drilling mm-hmm. strategy of, you know, you, you know there's 30 minutes until your math Zoom starts, what do you start thinking? Or what does your mm. brain start telling you, right? Like, I'm trying to unpack that anxiety to, I'd love to know what, if I could, what What are some thoughts related to that? Um,
2: mm-hmm. What are,
1: you know, and get real specific about the worries. So, and then when you have a guy who gives you lots of different pieces of concerns, right, there is going to be a mm-hmm. little bit of, you know, well, what do we think gets in the way the most often? right mm-hmm. so once you do so you say you have tired on the table as a concern say you have I'm worried the teacher's going to call on me and I'm not going to know the answer say you have um I'm 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 still upset about what my sister said to me last night and mm-hmm. I just can't let it go and I just keep thinking about it and then say you have three others too right then it's a little bit of well what do you think gets in the way the most cuz that's the one we're going to solve first and then we'll come back and solve the rest right but what would be important is to make sure you drill down into each one so that you have, like, a really firm understanding of, um, of, of each one in, in a real thorough sense, you know, because sometimes kids say things as kind of surface. That's why we call it drilling down. Like, you yeah. really need to be like, oh, yeah.
2: now I get how this
1: plays out, right? So I would, I would have your... No, that's
0: so yeah, really- I haven't done it like that. Thank you.
1: Oh, good, good. We have a drilling uh-huh. cheat sheet that you can access from our website, download it, print it, have it in front of you, yeah. tell them what it is, right, just to remind you of all the different ways to ask questions to make sure you're getting thorough information. And if you're anything like me, yeah. i got to write down everything kids say, because especially <laughs> yeah. kids who are talkers and say a lot, because I cannot yeah. hold it all. And you do want to make sure that you're using his words back to him, yeah. Right. Um, yeah.
2: Jennifer, what what else would you add here? <laughs> well, I would say, you know, having, having an anxious kid myself um, mm-hmm. and having grown up feeling as an anxious kid um, that until I met my son, I truly had no idea how debilitating anxiety could be or how all-encompassing. And yes. – That, you know, listening to you talk (laughs) sounds like conversations that we had here where I'm sure that when you have that conversation,
0: you know, he really
2: does intend to go to his math class.
0: Um, he does bless him. I think he does, and it's often <laughs> it's late at night when I'm sort of on my knees because I've only slept three hours night <laughs> before from the worry of Aww. it, and then he feels all taps and, you know, and then, and then suddenly the wall comes back down. I hate talking so obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and
2: and you know it's it's moments like that when uh, my my mantra would come back into my head and I would have to keep reminding myself, he's not yeah. giving me a hard time. He's having a hard time. He's not giving me a hard time. Yeah. He's having a hard time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you've ever come across, uh, there's a, a, that we have talked about in the B team a lot and that I've mentioned on here before. Uh, It's written by Dr. Mona Delahook, who is one of the board of directors, who's on the board of directors for Lives in the Balance, uh, the book Beyond Behaviors. Yes, I have it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Because she talks in there a lot uh, about Polyvagal theory and and about what happens in the brain mm-hmm. when a kid hits that just freeze point and yeah. listening to you talk, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm thinking of when you're talking about it. And no, that, I mean yeah, 100%. Yeah, yes, I did even did
0: the safety sound protocol <laughs> on him, and, yeah. <laughs> So he do that you went to
2: no when uh <laughs> when we were in that spot here, I can mm-hmm. tell you that the only thing that got us out of it was what I refer to as the as plan C is the world's longest empathy step. It was okay, yeah. we're not gonna push this right now, but let's talk about what the problem is. And the more he was able to talk about it and the more that he was able to see, okay, I'm not getting pushed into something that's overwhelming me, somehow the less overwhelming it became, Mm -hmm. Um, which doesn't help with, with dealing with your husband in terms of, his feeling like (laughs) you're you're not pushing enough
0: i'm screwing it Um, all up and and i'm ruining his task but i think but jennifer i'm completely (laughs) with you because every time i actually just relax into it you can almost i can almost see his shoulders coming down
2: and every time i
0: take the pressure off myself because their nervous systems are so um Dependent on our nervous systems to regulate, aren't yep. so if I uh, and I and I do notice that, and then I say something like, you know, are you are you motivated to go back to school? And he said, you know, he nods and and he is, and he wants to be like his friends who've all settled in now to their secondary school. So you know, I sort of deep down, I I do I know that, and he said he even said to me. Um, which melted my heart a bit. The other day he was uh, smuggling a sort of chocolate bar past me up the stairs, and I said, "You don't need to hide that." <laughs> I said, "You know, we've that's that, I said that's it. we've dropped nearly all expectations these days, haven't we?" And um and he said he said, "I know, but you know we can slowly start adding them back in now, Mum." So oh. that was <laughs> you know oh. quite test- oh. that was quite testament to Plan 2, you know. But he was talking the talk, but um but understanding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, and the I'm gonna <laughs> I love that. Yeah. The other thing that I would would say uh, is that maybe, you know, you stick with with plan C in this spot for a little while longer. Plan yeah. B something that feels easy. Plan B yeah. something that you think you're going to be able to have some success with. Um you know even if it's a silly little thing um just because then if everyone can see success from the model it becomes easier to recognize that you're playing the long game you're not you're not shooting for quick and easy you're shooting for long lasting success but if if you know you and and your husband and your kid can see okay we did this we found a solution and it works it goes a long way towards you know i think the word that i got was you're coddling him <laughs>
0: i got told i was yeah. coddling my son a lot
2: oh, but... mean,
0: it's it's horrible isn't it it makes it a lonely place to be <laughs> When you're not being supported, <laughs> is it? Yes. yes. <laughs> so, oh, no. and the thing is, he can, my son can talk, he can talk the Plan B language now, and I think that my husband thinks that that's him playing me, but it's not, you know, he'll say, Dad, Plan A'd me, so I'm not, you know, I can't do it now. He, Because yeah. you know why d- Plan A doesn't work for me. He'll say that, well, you know, well, he won't even say that, he'll say he forced me um, to do it, <laughs> and that set me back now. Oh, but I think that he's been completely honest and quite articulate. I don't think that he's trying to... Um, you know, manipulate anyone but I can yeah. it's difficult to persuade my husband of that fact at the moment you know what I'm thinking
1: too and and Jennifer you'll be psyched to hear this we're launching our new YouTube channel like any day now and there's a new Yay. video on there that is actually Jennifer's husband who talks it's a very brief video but it's really poignant about his evolution with the model from oh, thinking that it was coddling to realizing that, oh my gosh, this is what our son needs. And wait right, a minute, now, you know, wow, Jennifer's having a lot of success here. Let me learn this too, right? Um, so yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely that's coming. Check that but just to Thank also you. make a plug for that new YouTube channel that everybody can watch out for in that video um, of Kirk that's going to be on there. So <laughs> yeah.
0: That's brilliant. Right, yeah, but that yes, yeah, so certainly. Thank you
1: can feel lonely. And also I would say, use the model with your husband. He's got some valid concerns as to why he thinks yeah. it's coddling and what he's worried about. Right. And so, um, yeah. make space for that. And you probably yeah. even agree with some of his concerns. Right. And, um, yeah. co- you know, coming to of a mutual, course, understand, yeah. mutual understanding of, of how you're going to address and take care of your concerns and his right. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's, I mean, that's usually what we find when, you know, we're talking with an adult who's saying, no, 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 this won't work. What about the real world? What about this? What about that? Um, it, it, they've got some valid concerns. And so let's unpack those and make sure they get addressed um, mm-hmm. along with your concerns for why you, you know, you believe that this is the way to go for your child. So. Mm. yeah, Awesome. <laughs> well, we invite you to, um, Try some of the things that we talked about today and definitely, you know, call us back in the new year. Let us know how it's going. We'd love updates or or shoot us an email. You can use the contact form on our website, livesinthebalance.org. Um, but we'd love to hear from you and how it's going and um certainly wish you the best and um Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for calling I really, in. Appreciate, really it. appreciate
0: it. I feel better already just for having the call. So thank you very much.
1: <laughs> Wonderful.
0: Awesome. We'll be in touch and thank, thank you. you. Okay. Thanks.
1: Bye. Um, that was uh, a chock full call. I know there was a lot more to talk about on there and um, hopefully, you know, we hear back and and uh, can parse out some of the other pieces of things that, that mom was worried about. But in our last five minutes here, I thought maybe we could take on one more email if you don't mind. Um, Sure. Okay. Dear Dr. Green, I have a question about my nearly four-year-old son, difficulty playing gently with his one-and-a-half-year-old brother. When he is alone with us, our son is calm, gentle, simply great company. However, behavior changes the moment his younger brother enters the picture. He starts to jump around nervously, pushing his brother, running into him, throwing things, and he insists on doing or having what his brother does or has. He pretty much roughly jumps around his brother nonstop. Younger brother's becoming increasingly afraid and is frequently truly unsafe. This behavior occurs under specific circumstances it's been going on since younger brother was born and only happens with us. When they are at daycare or grandparents together, our son is gentle, calm and protective of his brother. His mm-hmm. behavior is clearly linked to us as parents. Well, to pause there, it's clearly linked to when he's with you guys. Um, and there's something situationally variable about that, uh, which is great information and uh, will be useful in the problem-solving process. Uh, We have tried several strategies, including ignoring it, which was too unsafe, minimally intervening, like stopping his hand and saying that's too rough, but it just kept going. We've now reached the point where our main response is to separate them, either by removing the eldest to another room or putting the younger one in a carrier on our back. In the meantime... We're trying plan B, but we seem unable to get a full picture of his concerns. When asked what makes it difficult to play with his brother, he either says he doesn't know, that he loves his brother, that he likes to play with him, or when asked directly, that he doesn't know how to play gently with him, which confuses us because he's able to do that when he's at the other places. He doesn't have any idea for solutions, and the solutions we have offered, like giving him a role in helping look after his brother, haven't worked. It's clear to us that the behavior is rooted in some kind of stress or anxiety related to us, like jealousy, difficulty sharing our attention, or even a worry that his brother gets away with more. But we don't know how to work out what really bothers him, let alone what solutions might work for us all. Your thoughts would be much appreciated. Um, Yeah, uh, I hear that. And um, same thing plays out between my kids where they're a bigger age spread, but... um, perfectly loving and wonderful together in other places at home it plays out differently and the older one will often say because she's quite verbal at the age of 11 um that we love the younger brother more or um somehow uh don't treat her fairly when it comes to him um so you have some great information here and it sounds like plan c um in the moment was not super useful um which would be emergency plan C, right? And also emergency plan A, like stopping his hand and saying that's too rough, also not super useful, right? And so um, the separating part, I could see that being sort of a proactive plan C, a Band-Aid plan where um, just to keep things safe and calm, you're doing more separating than you would normally like to do, right? While you are plan B. I do want to make sure that when you're wording your concern to your son, that you are splitting and specifying. And so you're picking maybe a particular activity that they were engaged in that didn't go well, or maybe, you know, your son was playing Legos and then the little one came over and touched them. Like that's how specific we would want you to be, even though it happens 10, 15, 20 times a day with different activities. We, especially with a young one you want to be real split and specific so he's got a chance of reflecting on what you're asking right so difficulty when you were playing legos yesterday and your brother came over and touched them right that would be an example of how you might word on self-problem so i just really want to make sure you're being nice and split and specific especially with a little guy but really with any kid um And then, you know, he's four, so his language ability is his language ability. He might not have a (laughs) ton, right? I think that in our last minute and a half here, as I'm being warned, I think that the (laughs) five-finger method could be something to um, look into. We've got some resources on our website about that. But where you take guesses and he rates your guesses, and it sounds like you have some, you want to know about... um, Does it have to do with dividing of attention and that kind of thing amongst the parents, right? Um, So finding ways to ask him, you know, does it have to do with and then filling in the blank. And if five fingers is too much, thumb up, thumb down, or yes, no, or point to the elephant if, uh, you know, if he agrees, point to the cow if he doesn't. So you can take some guesses to try to get some information because this is a head scratcher at this time, but you have – there's a great thing to wonder about what's different between grandparents' house and home, what's different between daycare and home, right? And because we know there's a difference. A lot more to say on this one, Jennifer, I know, but we're at time. <laughs> Any last
2: thoughts? I would just say just to be sure that when you are asking the question, when you're, you're posting your unsolved problem, not to put behavior in it, that's the only other thing I would add quickly.
1: Sounds good. Absolutely. If you mentioned behavior, that's not going to get things off the ground, right? Nope. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I am not getting the prompt to play our ending music, but that's all right. Um, we'll be back next <laughs> month in the new year 2022 with another episode of Parenting Your Challenging Child. <laughs> Be sure to join us then. Hopefully we won't have any technical issues. (laughs) And we really wish you all a nice, peaceful new year. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care.
2: Thank you.